0: welcome to one sick b podcast i am your host one sick b where we don't cry we thrive where we don't whine we whine today i was blessed with a guest who's another multiple sclerosis warrior just remember the definition of one sick b is a strong individual that faces unimaginable undeniable courageous battles that life throws at them without warning but refuses to carry the spirit of brokenness. Today my guest is a multiple sclerosis warrior of four years and he is a male. Often we see that males have it but they're so not come forward with their story or their situation but I was blessed with them. So today welcome my guest Bay. Hello Bay how are you today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. blessed to be here you I appreciate you coming on here how have you been during COVID-19 what has been your reaction to it being that we already have this major weight on our shoulder and then now life I've been laughing at people who are normal because they're out there spazzing oh my gosh I gotta be in the house oh my gosh I can't go to the movies oh my gosh I can't do that I sit back with my bag of popcorn and laugh and think yeah that's what I do on a regular so how do you feel about COVID-19?
1: I mean, for me, I guess it's not really besides the fact that it is a pandemic and it is something that you can honestly contract that it'll have as negative effects on you. But the going out and not being able to do certain things, it does really play a big role on me because I don't mind being in the house. I don't mind just sitting back, and relaxing. There are times when I want to go outside, but it's not to go out to a club. It's not to go out to a lounge. It's not right. to... Not to be in the presence of other people, just to go outside just because I want to go outside. Right, and be entertained. Right, just really just go somewhere, just take a ride maybe. You know, I'm not really, I don't require that much attention. So at least not from society.
0: I definitely understand what you're saying. Comfort of your own home.
1: Yeah. Homebody, there's nothing
0: wrong with it.
1: Absolutely. So for me, it hasn't really impacted me to the point where it's like, it's, it's instrumental, you know what I mean? It doesn't really hurt. You know, I have to be safe, of course, but I'm still blessed to have a job. I'm still blessed to be able to go to work every day. I'm still blessed to have income coming in. Amen. So outside of the fact that, you know, you just have to be more cautious than you probably normally would be, um, it hasn't really had a negative effect on me. I'm not really the club type. I'm not really the going into the lounges. and being. I'm too a, old. I don't really like being around a lot of people anyway. You know, I'm kind of a loner. I don't really like being around a group of people that really I don't really get along with or really care to be around anyway. So for me it's not I don't look for the pleasure of being entertained by other people. I rather have the entertainment I want. So
0: Exactly. That's healthy. Very healthy. And also with this journey, I noticed that you have I have less tolerance for obnoxiousness. But I already had that. I left that down alone a long time ago. Once once I had kids, I your foolishness, you have to think, put your kids face forward, just like when you have a disease, you have to put it face forward. So today, I want to jump into your journey. Bay has been thriving and surviving this chronic illness called multiple sclerosis that I changed the name to one to sick B because if we're battling any type of unimaginable, undeniable, courageous battle that life throws at us without warning, you are one sick be. So, Bae, when did it start? When did you and how did you get diagnosed or first start with
1: what alerted you to this? Well, for me, it wasn't just a direct thing. It just started with multiple little things. And then the multiple little things led up to this big explosion. So, for me, it started with, I had optic neuritis in my left eye. eye. I had optic neuritis in my left eye at first. So, at first, for I those mean, who don't
0: know, optic neuritis, you can have blurred vision, double vision. Those can be the effects of it. It makes it hard to see Um, imbalance. You wear eye patch at times to kind of balance out what you're seeing to help the other eye rest. You can continue. My apologies.
1: No, it's OK. It's OK. So it started with that. And when I first went, they was like, oh, well, you might have MS. And so they gave me a MRI. And nothing came up, everything was fine, everything was everything was good. So that went off like a week. And then, you know, they gave me little steroids, this, that, another. And then it the slowly started clearing up. So I was like, okay, cool. You know, all right, I'll have a mess at that time. So as time goes on, now I start having really bad spasms. I mean, excruciating, you know, where it was like it would I'll be just stuck. I couldn't do nothing but just sit there and just like cringe. And, you know, it started with that. Then that's when I was like, okay, well, you want to have MS again. So MRIs. And once again, nothing comes up. Nothing comes up. You don't have MR, You don't have MS. You don't have this. All right, cool, fine. So time goes by again. Now, as time goes by, it slowly starts happening. It's, it doesn't just come on one day, it, it happens over like a month. Probably like two months, not even a month, like two weeks. It just slowly started happening. I slowly started having cognition issues. I slowly started having, while well, I was disoriented. At first, my mom was like, my mom thought I was going to drugs. Because, yeah, she was like, you're on something. You're like, you're taking something. She was like, I know you a little weed here and there, but she was like, right, you're on something. You're taking this is something
0: totally different, totally different
1: that you're on. Yeah, it's like because you look like you're lost, like you're not even here. You're not here. Like your body's here, but, but your mind is you look at you. Cloud. like you're not here. And like, I was worried about you. So, you know, everything's fine. But, you know, that started happening. Then it just, like I said, it slowly started happening. I didn't know what was happening. I didn't realize what was happening. I didn't realize what was going on. And then um, the big thing that really happened, like before I went to the hospital, this is one of the things that I knew, like I kind of knew something was wrong, but I did, um, I was going to work one day and at that time I had a BMW and it was really fast and I was flying. I mean, when I say I was flying, I was going 110 on the e and Kyle pulled me over. And, um, you know, he's all mad, and upset and I'm like, I'm lost, you know, I'm like, I didn't even know I was going that fast. You know, I did not I did not realize I was going that fast. I did not feel like I was going that fast. But, you know, gracious above, he let me go. You know, he gave me a ticket, of course, but he let me go. He could have took me to jail. And he could have took me to jail right then and there. But he was like, no, I'm going to let you go. You know, you yeah. pulled over. You was, you was good. You was respectful. And you don't seem like you had or nothing. You don't seem like you drunk.
0: Yeah. But
1: you got to watch this. So long story short, you know, he gave me a ticket for that and stuff. So that happened in September. So that happened in like July, June, July. So now at this time, I had a like, I always had a few cars. So like, you know, I'm not driving that car no more. I'll put that car
0: up. I'll put that on timeout. You're on timeout. you on timeout. Yeah, timeout. I, I can't. I can't drive that car anymore. <laughs> I,
1: can't, I, can't, I, can't, I, can't, I can't. drive that car anymore. That, that car going to get me in trouble. That's bad that
0: luck. Bad luck. Bad luck. I got to put you on timeout. Yeah, Not yeah, that we yeah, had control of it, but it's the car. I know that feeling.
1: Yeah, so I put that car up, and I had a van. So I started driving the van. And like I said, this, I slowly started noticing things. Like, I was disoriented. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know left, right, up, down. I was just going through the motions, but didn't even realize what motions I was going through. I was just completely lost and didn't realize it. Honestly, did not realize it. But it got to a point one day where I'm in the house and I go to take a shower. Now, this is like two, three weeks later. So I go to take a shower and I get in the shower and the water is scorching hot.
0: Temperature, oftentimes with MS,
1: we cannot feel the temperature. So it was on my left side. I get in the shower, but I get in the shower on my left side first. And did you scream I when your right it? side felt it? I didn't feel it at all. As Soon as I got in and it started hitting my right side. It was over. I jumped clean up the shower. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> what is wrong? Why can I not feel this? And what is going on? Scary so, at the same time. yeah. So, big make a long story short, I kept downplaying it. Like, all of these things kept happening, and I kept downplaying it. Could that also be the male
0: side, too? Because men are less yeah, forthcoming yeah. when it comes to health or saying that they have yeah. a problem. You can have a headache. They're like, oh, no, I'm all right, I'm all right, I'm
1: all right, I'm all right, but the room will be spit. And so, we're going to get to that, too. So, you know, the ticket thing happened, then the shower thing happened. And um, so then I started driving my van. So one day I'm driving and I'm riding and I go to get some gas and I don't even realize, like, my my space perception is just off. I hit the little metal pole that's right before the gas thing. Yeah. Scrape the whole side of my van. Scrape the whole side of my van out of that. So that's something that happened. So I start getting to the house now. And my mom's like, you know, she still think I'm on drugs this whole time. She thinks I'm on drugs.
0: She probably researched it, like, what does this drug she do? Comes, I don't yeah, think she, anyone does that.
1: Yeah, she thinks I'm on drugs. She honestly thinks I'm on something. So then I lose feeling to my left side. I mean, like, lose feeling completely. I couldn't lift my arm up. I was walking like I was a zombie. I'm dragging my left foot, and my arm is weak. I can't even tie my shoes because I can't grab the string of my shoe. I can't even put my clothes on, really, because I can't grab my clothes. I don't have enough force in my hand Couldn't even, to even button grab my clothes. I couldn't do anything. So those things happen. And then, um, you know, we go to the hospital. They give me some steroids, stuff like that. You know, I come back home. I'm feeling better. Two, three days later, though. Maybe like four days later. You know, I'm walking up and down the steps. Fine. But about four days, five days later, I'm crawling up the steps. I mean, I'm literally crawling up the steps. So I get up the steps and I fall and I couldn't get up because when I got on my knees, my left knee couldn't support the weight. So every time I would get on my knees and I would try to get up, I would just fall. So it took me a minute to realize, okay, I couldn't move my left side. So then I started using my right. My right. But I get up and I will put pressure on my left side and I fell. So go to the hospital again. They gave me some steroids. I'm a little bit better. I'm fine for about four or five days. Now this whole time I'm working, this whole entire time I'm working. So give it about maybe five, six days after that. So I'm in the house and I'm like, the world is spinning. The room is spinning. I'm like, what is going on? But when I knew it was a problem, was I had just bought this brand new 42 inch TV from my room. I got up and somehow the extension cord that I had hooked up to my TV got wrapped around my left foot. Didn't even know. Didn't even feel it. I had no idea. And it got wrapped around my left foot. I walk, I pull the extension cord, brand new TV come down, TV's broke, TV's dead, TV's over with. Broke the TV. Okay.
0: You're worried about the TV when we need to be worried about our body. But that's a natural reaction because you just got it. I just got it installed and it's on the wall. And this whole
1: time they're telling me I don't have a map. This whole time, because they're, they're giving me MRI. So and they didn't
0: even do spinal tap at this time by this time I either?
1: We're going to get to that. Okay. <laughs> we're going to get to that. I'm giving you the beginning. So at that time, TV breaks. I'm pissed. Just bought this TV. Just bought this TV for Black Friday. TV gets wrapped around my, cord gets wrapped around my foot. I pull the TV down, it breaks. I didn't realize what was going on. They had no idea. Had no idea until I went to go walk, and my left foot got yanked back. But by that time, the TV was coming down. All right, nothing I can do about that. So, go about five days past that, maybe a week. I don't know. But I'm sitting in my room, and now this was before I met my girl. This before I met my future wife. This before all of that. I didn't even know her at that time. So I'm sitting in the room and I'm walking and I'm like walking in a circle. I'm walking in a circle because I can't use my left foot. Now, at this time, I couldn't use my left side at all, really. Now, mind you, at the time, the doctors say that this isn't the reason. Okay. I don't know. I think so. Me personally. Because it happened after this moment I'm about to tell you now. Okay. is when it really got bad. Okay. So I have my little nephew in town. And my little nephew, he loves making chili cheese doughs and sweet tea and all of that stuff. So I take him to the stores and we would right. buy it in, in abundance. You, it just we, have fun. Some, we we can buy 30
0: Everything we can't have with mom and dad.
1: Yeah, we can do it all. And a lot of people don't realize, you know, they can do their research themselves. Sodium and sugar is two of the worst things people with MS can consume in high by in large amounts. Repeat that again. Sodium and sugar, which is pretty much salt and sugar. Salt and sugar. In yes. high amounts. It's in one of the worst amounts. things we okay. can consume We can consume. Well, hot dogs are filled with sodium. Salt, definitely. And yeah. then we were using the meat in the can. Okay, right. The can, that, the can chili. That sugar. ain't nothing but right. to sodium too. Now he's making me these teas with a whole bunch cake. of sugar. A whole bunch of sugar. <laughs> <Now> we, <laughs> like the kids went. We're not making little pots of tea. We're making these Cook County-sized pots of tea. <laughs> we making these big, dumb, stupid barrels of tea. So we ain't got to make it every day. We make it for like the whole week. I'm consuming <laughs> 10 to 15 hot dogs a day. Chili cheese dogs a day. Now, we got the chili. Then, then we ain't even talking about the cheese, too. We, the cheese is a lot of and, and I'm a cheese head.
0: I'm a big cheese person. That's why black greens and MS best.
1: And cheese will mesh with you. Yep. So... Now, mind you, all of these things was happening before that. So once he gets here and I start eating six, seven, ten teas a day, drinking all this sweet tea, it gets worse. And what I mean, it gets worse. It gets worse. So I start losing my mobility severely this time. Severely. I can't walk, can't do anything. I can't get up the steps. I'm crawling. I'm doing this and I'm doing that. Mama say, look, we're going back to the hospital. Because at this time, I was staying with her. Well, I have my own place, but. Due you, to the, the problem you were having. On, due to the problems I was having? To watch for somebody there. Yeah, yeah, of
0: course. A mother's love. Are you? Yeah, because you can't do that in your apartment by yourself. How am I going to get to you? How are you going to get to the phone if you're not within distance? What if you hit, hit your head and you can't respond? That's one of the biggest fears that parents yep. or we in general
1: have. Yep. So she made me come stay back with her. Yeah, makes sense. Yep. Yeah, so she made me come stay back with her. So now, at that time, things was getting worse. I mean, it was it was getting worse. Now my cognition was it was it was getting bad. It was getting bad. When I knew something was wrong, well, but you I didn't got to want admit quite it to yourself. Minute. Yeah, I didn't want to quite admit it. Yeah, I didn't want to quite admit it. Lo and behold, we get back from the hospital and stuff like that. Stop, Phoenix. Stop. Now this time I go back to my apartment at the time. And I had one of my best friends. He was my roommate. And I go back to the apartment. I'm there for about maybe like a week. And I call my mom. I said, Mom, I don't know what's wrong. She's like, well, you know, you've been going through the back back Now We have went to the hospital for about 10 times. Man. We went to the hospital about straight 10 times. They can't tell me what's wrong. They can't tell me this. They can't tell me that. So I call and I'm like, look, something's wrong. I need to go to the emergency room right now. She was like, "Are you serious?" So when I said that to her, she knew something because, was wrong. Yes, I never. The to go to yes, Yeah. She was we don't like, go to "The doctor." She was like, "If you want to go to the emergency room, it's an emergency." I know something's wrong. Yes. So she comes rushing over there. She comes rushing over, and um, at the time, I'm like, oh, "I'm okay. I'm okay," but I'm really not. I'm like freaking out. I'm like, I'm freaking out. we got to play the cool guy move. Yeah. So we get to the hospital, and they put me in a, in a wheelchair. I could grip the wheel with my right hand, no problem. I could not grip the wheel for nothing with my left hand. I couldn't even grip it, let alone turn it. That wasn't even an option. So we get into the hospital. We get to the emergency room. We wait till we get to the back. We wait till we get to the back, and they get me on the bed. And I tell him what's going on. Now at this time, I lost all my peripheral vision in my left eye. Like I couldn't see past here back at all in my left eye. Some of that came back, but not all the way. I don't think it'll ever all the way come back. But I lost all my peripheral vision in my left eye. So we get into the hospital, they got me laying on the bed, and we tell the doctor what's going on. We tell the doctor what's wrong. He sees our records, because we got the we go to the same hospital time, so we got all of the records. Okay. When I'm so he was like, you have no feeling in your left side. No, none at all. He was like, you don't feel that? He said, you don't feel that? I don't feel what? What are you talking about? He said, just just, just look at the ceiling for me. You don't feel that? I'm going to keep telling you. I don't feel what? He says, look at me now. Holy shit. He's poking me with a needle. He's got a paper clip. He burnt the tip. And he's poking me. I see him poking me with it poked me from my left, my foot, my left toe, all the way up my thigh. You didn't feel a thing? I didn't feel nothing. If it wasn't for the fact that I, he told me to look at him, because he told me he to look away. Never know. Yeah, he told me to look away. He said, don't look at me. I said, all right, cool. He did that. He was like, we have to perform something on you right now. And I'm like, what do you mean? He was like, we have to put a stint in your neck right now. And I'm like, why? He was like, I don't know for sure. I don't want to say anything for sure. I don't want to say anything right now. But we have to do this right now. I can't tell you what's wrong with you. I don't know what's wrong with you. He had his ideas. But he didn't want to say anything until he got proof. So they put this thing on my neck. It's a little, I don't know, somewhere. This little dot right here. He put this little stint in my neck. One of my main arteries right here. The main thing sticking right. in my neck. So he's like, look away. I'm like, all right. And I'm looking at him. All I feel is this tug on my neck. This tug, this Just tug. felt like he was trying to stick his finger on my neck. But right. I didn't know what he was doing. Right. So all I'm hearing is say, I need 10 more cc's of this. I need 20 more cc's of this. I need this, I need that. I'm all, man, what's going on? So he put this thing on my neck. He says, you're not going anywhere. I'm like, what you mean? You're staying here. I spent three weeks in the hospital before they even told me what they thought was wrong. I spent three weeks. They said, look, we know we've done tests in the past, but your body is attacking itself. Your body is attacking itself. Isn't that the joy of MS, the definition,
0: if your yep. body attacking yourself. Autoimmune diseases as a whole is your body attacking
1: yourself. He was like, your antibodies and your blood is attacking itself. He says, and the what was funny was, so he's doing it and he comes out the room And my mom's like, my mom was there. She was like, he's just sweating. He's sweating. He's like, he's got the toughest neck I've ever had to do this to. and This, that, and the other. And he's sweating, like sweating. So he finally gets in there. And my mom was like, well, is he going to be able to walk against you? And he flat out told her, he said, ma'am, I don't care about that right now. If Mm. I don't fix what's going on right now, worrying about him walking is going to be the least of your concerns. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> He's like, yeah. well, I don't Him yeah. walking is not going to be an issue. Yeah.
0: And as a mother, that right there, when somebody tells you that that's the least of my worries, well oh, oh so okay, don't worry about it. You do what you have to do. Yeah. So
1: get past that now. Like right? I'm on week like three now. Or on week three or four. I to say week three, just to be safe. And um, still, they don't know what's wrong. They have no idea what's wrong with me. I come in, they talking about, oh, I might have to take tests for this. I might have to take, they might have to take a piece of my tissue break. So they give me my MRI. They finally come back to me and they show me my MRI. Now, they have been took this MRI, but they finally come back to me and they say, you know what? There's only one way for sure we're going to know if you have MS. And I'm like, what do you mean? This whole time I've been coming here. They, they tell me I don't got MS. And probably you ain't never had anything that gave you any interest. Why do I keep hearing this MS word? Right. So it was like, we don't know for sure. We don't know. We have no idea. We don't know. But there's only one way we're going to be able to tell tell you for sure. They said, you have to do a spinal tap. I said, what is that? Sound cool, though. They said, we're going to stick a needle in your back between your vertebrae. There's fluid that'll tell us if you have MS or not. So the doctor says, you know, I can do it by hand or I can take you down to the, I forget the name of it. Ultra and all of that stuff where they'll do it. Yeah, you yep. They were like, How would you like to do it? You know, like there's a chance we do it by hand and we get a nerve, you paralyzed. I said, You think I'm gonna choose you? You think I'm gonna ask you to pick you to do that? No, we're gonna take me down to the machine. Let's go. Yeah, we did that. I have never, I don't like needles. I hate needles. That whole time I was out getting poked every 15, 20 minutes. I have never felt pain in my life until I had that spinal tap. They must have hit it. I've never been electric. But I can imagine what it feels like. They that must. Surge, have must very much something. Body. Did you feel a surge? Oh my God! And you can't move. You can't do nothing. You gotta you can't take
0: move. It. You can't do nothing. It's, it yeah.
1: You gotta take it. And the lady yeah. like coughs. Yeah. And help the fluid come up. They do that. They come back a few days later. A day later. Whatever. They come back and they say, "You have tumor factor MS. It's a very rare form of MS." I said, I got who? Tumor-effective MS. They showed me my MRI. It lit up. The whole entire right side of my brain had a lesion. I'm not talking one lesion. I'm not talking small. The entire right side of my brain had a lesion. This whole side. This whole entire side. I still got the pictures. I'll email them to, I'll text it to you. They told me that. And um, it was like, the only way we can really help you to get better, you have to have uh, plasma phoresis. But we got to take all of your plasma out. Put and it through the machine. Plasma. It's
0: kind of like dialysis for somebody who doesn't know. I've done that before. So
1: this whole entire time, I've been in this hospital now for going on a month. I've been in the hospital going on a month now. Maybe two. I've never got up. I've never walked. Every time I got up, I had to get help to go to the bathroom. So they start taking me out of this plasma for where they got this spit in my neck, and they're taking out all my old plasma. They're taking out all my plasma, and they give me new plasma, so my body will stop attacking itself. So me being naive to what plasma, when I hear plasma, I'm blood. I get in there, and they got this big bottle that look like apple juice. I say, oh, that's apple juice. They say, no, that's plasma. That like apple juice to me. <laughs> Right,
0: To me, it looks like apple juice, but if you want to call it plasma, plasma, apple juice, say You say plasma, I say apple juice, apple juice, tomato,
1: tomato. (laughs) Yeah, they change it out, and I slowly start getting better. I slowly start getting better. I slowly start getting getting mobility back. And now, I've been in there now well over two months now, well over two months. So I'm going to get plasma freezes once a day, once every day, every single day. At least once, sometimes twice a day. And they're pumping out all of this plasma and they're doing all of this. So now by this time, I'm freaking out. And when I mean I'm freaking out, I'm freaking out. You know, I got the head of neurology coming down, talking to me, showing me my MRI, talking to me about my MRI. Now I become like a hospital celebrity. No, for real. Like I, I I'm, I'm sure know. I
0: believe it. Personality into because everybody's like, have you seen this? Have you seen this? Have you seen this MRI? Have you seen this MRI? Yes. This is yes. something unheard of. This is not something. So you're a medical mystery for them to to celebrate because they don't know. They don't even know. They can't even probably grasp how you went this far and how you made it to this position, and you're still walking, still standing, and still talking. That's the definition of a sick B. You went
1: through all of this and you still, at the time. Yeah, so the head of neurology, when he come talk to me, and he he flat out told me, he said, look, I ain't never in my life seen nothing like this. My I gosh. have never, I've been doing this for 25 years. I have never in my life seen a lesion this, this big. Large. That is large. That
0: is massive. I've had a whole bunch of little ones that's in the same area, but to have one massive one that takes over a whole lobe,
1: a whole frontal side lobe of your brain. That's with just that, I became like a hospital celebrity. All of the doctors was coming in to talk to me. All of them the neurologists was coming in and talking to me. All of the nurses was coming to talk to me. They did. They, they were like, "We want to see this guy." And that's how I'm thinking. You know, that's how I'm thinking in my head because it's going around. You know, the floors that I'm on. Like, yeah. Because every time they were coming in, that's what they would say. Hey, Hey, that's him. At that's, some the, point, that's the guy. That's the guy. Uh, at some point, they would say, we've never seen a lesion that big. At mm-hmm. some point of the conversation, it would always get to that, the lesion. So how's your day going? By the way, I seen a lesion. <laughs>
0: Absolutely.
1: So now I got all of my friends coming in. I got all of my family coming to see me. I got all of my coworkers coming to see me. Yeah. So before they actually did the, the spinal tap, they said to me, it was like, well, we might have to go in there and do a biopsy and get a piece of your brain, get a piece of it. And what the hell you ain't? But I, was if that's just, what you, <laughs> I was just gonna say, no. Mm-mm. But if that's what you, you know gotta to do, do But I don't, you know, I ain't really a fan of that. But like, that's the absolute last resort. All right, cool, fine. So they start giving me the plasma freezes and they start giving me all these pills and they start, now by this time, my cognition is at negative 5%. I can't do basic math. I can't do, I can't count change. I can't do anything. Like, nothing. 10 plus 10, the basic basic stuff, yeah. But it was bad. I could, I would get frustrated because I know it's simple. I know I can do this. Come on now. But I can't do it. I can't do it. So I'm getting frustrated. This is the part where we say, but God. And I think the biggest thing as a man was the fact that I would have to ask somebody to help me to go to the bathroom. Like, that hurt my pride.
0: Pride. Pride is the number one killer when it comes to this disease because you have to swallow your pride. And for a
1: male... I would have to ring the buzzer every time. I would have to go for the bathroom. They would have to come help me. And I would just... Every time, any little pride that I would get back... Knocked down. Go on. Go on. My pride was so far down that any pride that I got was still so far down that I still didn't have it. Well, one day I'm feeling myself. Would you- <laughs> stop. One day, I'm feeling myself. And um I'm like, oh, I got this. I get a little mobility back. I got my little walker. Right. You know, they help me to the bathroom. They, well, they watch me walk to the bathroom. And I go, you come back with the walker now. So I'm like, hold on, Mr. Hathaway. I got this. I'm good. Houston, we have a problem. Oh, I went from standing to collapsing. To falling in 2.3 seconds. That quick? I fell because I'm thinking like, okay, since I can walk, I can walk. Now nah, I turned that corner to get to the bed, still realized I didn't have hardly no strength still on my left arm. I put that weight on my left arm to try to grip myself into the bed. Yeah. Timber. Poof. Yes. The part that hurt my pride the most is when I got three grown-ass men picking me up. They give me up. Now they put this thing on the bed that every time I get out the bed in the laundry. The snitch alert. That's what I call it. Yeah, yeah. But you can't yeah, move it like, out. So by this time, I'm like, damn, you know what I mean? Like I'm, but by this time, like I'm like a celebrity in there. So like I'm calling the people in the lunchroom <laughs> all the time. I get it good with the people in the lunch room.
0: When you spend time in there, you become friends with the oddest people. You get extra products, all type of different things. All
1: I'm uh, in there talking with the nurses, all of them. We got this one black nurse. She comes, because my mom was there every day. At this time, I had a friend who had, it was odd, you know what I'm saying? Like, she was my high school sweetheart at the time. Right. Oh, man. But... That looks good. That wants to check on you every day. She came back here in my life at that time, right when this all happened. So she was there checking on me all the time. She was there with me all of the time. And, um... Nurses coming around and you know, I have a very cool personality. You know what I mean? So friendly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Dr. Friendly.
0: Uh-huh, yeah, Mr. friendly. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. So all the nurses coming in now. I will yeah. find my room to be the room where all the nurses wanna chill out. Oh, we got a little bit before we do go come in here and yeah. check on you and oh, chit chat with you. He's, so and, you know, he's just so sweet, a bundle yeah.
0: of joy. And here she is a woman. Not seeing that this is actually not even anything sexual. This is keeping up your mental space. Those are the things that actually helped me get through it. Get through it. The conversation, the meeting of different people, not feeling... Yeah, you know. Not feeling like
1: a patient. You know what I mean? Not feeling like a patient. And like I said, the nurses, they were really great to me. They were really great to me. They would always come in there and they would always come check them Now By this time, I'm definitely like, I'm like three months in now. I'm three months in now. And this one uh, nurse... Her name was Lear, or Iggy or something like that. My mom got there. She was like, he needs to get out the bed. He hasn't gotten out this bed. He won't because I was depressed. For
0: anybody who knows a black mother, they're very demanding and they try to run
1: everything. The nurses, the doctors, the patient, you. Yeah, but the nurse, she she was straight my mom. She like she pretty much like snapped on me. Like, you're going to get up, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. Cause I didn't want to do nothing. I didn't want to get up. I didn't want to take a shower. I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to do anything. You know what I mean? Like, I had my friends there and I have family that would come check on me and stuff like that. But I didn't want to do anything. I did not want to do anything. You know, I'm in there now going on three months. I finally get discharged, not going home. Now I have to spend two weeks in physical therapy to learn to be able to walk and rehabilitation. Yeah. So, we when I the Mental part, too. So, they finally gave me my discharge baby. Nurses came in on their day off to come see me. Um, they were like, oh, we heard you're getting discharged. And I'm like, how the hell you hear that? I didn't know I was getting discharged. <laughs> they gave you the 411. By the way, you're going up. If you didn't know, you know now. You going know, yeah. They, they came in, you know, see me and this, things like that. So, I told my mom, I'm like, mom, you got to bring them cake. You got to bring them cupcakes. It was great to me. Like, they were. Yeah, no,
0: I understand that. It, it is so hard to go through that battle and then to have people who are just so genuine and so you can be comfortable with that being a because using the restroom and getting up on your own regular things like that in the morning people need to don't take those things for granted because anytime you have to have somebody help you use the restroom i was at the position where i had to have somebody bathe me yeah and that was the thing too I know for a male it's harder than a woman because a woman we're a little bit lighter but for a man okay now you're going too far that's that's the limit right there
1: it wasn't hard for me until it was time for a man to do it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's what I. Oh yeah, it.
0: Gotcha.
1: <laughs> but that was also the thing too. I didn't, I didn't want to get you know I didn't want to be paid. Ba- I didn't none of that. I didn't no, want to yeah, be you
0: bothered. Did, you have to have I somebody else, else do it. I want to do. Yeah,
1: that. and I couldn't really sleep right. I had this thing on my neck, and it was just crazy. It was crazy. So like I said, I'm getting to the point where I'm getting discharged. I woke up, plus spent my birthday in there. I spent a birthday in there, and then my 2018 birthday I spent in there. I woke up one morning and. I had the entire neurology team singing me happy birthday. They got me a little parting gift and a whole bunch of stuff. That just shows your personality. Yeah, it made me feel good because I thought that I had nurses coming up to me like, who are you? And I'm like, I'm Beth <laughs> Hathaway. What do you mean? I mean, you just came in this room 17 times already and asked me, what's my date of birth? She was like, I don't mean that. She was like, I mean, just curious, who, <laughs> who are you? Because <laughs> I've never seen this. First of all, I got doctors coming in here that I've never seen before. And then they're all coming together, singing you happy birthday, buying you cake, and doing this, that and the other. And it just it made me feel good. It really it made me medical feel good. miracle, God's blessing that we know what
0: he can do. But to see it, to see it is one thing. When people see it to believe it, seeing and believing it
1: is the visual, the things it's is easier so, to move. So, like I said, I'm getting discharged now. So my mom's like, you need to call the ladies down from the plasma and tell them you're getting discharged. And I'm like, Ma, I don't know how to call them, you know, because they, they took very good care of me. For the entire three months, I was in the bed. They never seen yeah. me walk. They never seen me walk. They never seen me get down. They never seen me do anything. They never seen me outside of that bed. So the lady, the mama was like, you know, you need to call the plasma people and tell them that you're leaving. I'm like, Ma, I don't know how to do that. You know, how, how am I supposed to do that? So she was like, I'm a mom. I'll make it work, whatever. I'm like, well, okay, whatever. So as she's saying that, my jaw drops. Because they walk through the door. As soon as you were calling them. No, as soon so as my mom say, ready to call. No. As soon as she thought, the thought of saying it. Her saying, thought. I'm a mom. I can make it work. I, I'll figure it out. She just said it. She literally just said it. As hey. she's saying it, they walk through the door. <sighs> Blew my mind blew my mind. They bring me gifts. They bring me this. They bring me that. So before they got like all the way in the room, I was like, I want to I to show y'all something. I got up and I walked to them. That probably made them cry. It what did. When did, happen? It did.
0: this happen? You were walking? It did. That gives it a spirit. Did. That gives somebody a reason to, to believe in the things on the faith. That is the definition of faith. And I was
1: like, I just feel as though I owe y'all that. You know what I'm saying? I just feel as though I owe y'all that.
0: It was a present. You guys have been taking care of me. Let me show you how you have been building me up all this time and what it has done for me. You know, by this time,
1: I'm, I'm going into my fourth month now. And I get discharged. And then I go to do inpatient therapy. And I spend three weeks in there. It was a journey. It was crazy. It was crazy, and still to this day, whenever I go to MS meetings and I show people my MRI, oh my god! Even still to this day, the doctor unheard of. It's an unheard of thing.
0: And like I said, I, I've I've had. I think you're a show off because I have MRI, but my MRIs is little 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 spots. So for you to have this lesion, an open sore type thing on your brain. And for you to be able to now be able to walk, to be able to talk, to be able to work at a distribution center, FedEx, we all order, to be able to do, to do these heavy tasks and to thrive through that, that is the definition of what sick be. That is the reason why I reached out to Babe for this interview. Outside the fact that he's an MS survivor, but he's a Black male MS thriving survivor was amazing to me. What medication are you currently on now?
1: Oh Crevus. So that's so that's how I met my, my wife. So I get out of inpatient therapy now. I do that. So now I go to take my first first dose of Ocrevus. you only you go, you, you take only milligram milligrams. One
0: time and then you go back. Yeah it's a two
1: part session. Split it up. They
0: just give you yeah. half a dosage at a time to watch.
1: Yeah a side effects sir. So, let's get to that part now. The first time I took, you're supposed to take Benadryl before you do it.
0: Benadryl, Tylenol, steroids, Salubenadryl. These are the pre-op meds that they give you. So let me guess,
1: you were a man and did take them? I didn't take them mm. until I got there. That was the biggest mistake of my life. I'm in there, I'm coughing. Everywhere I had hair on my face, I hitched. Only my face. My nose, my ear, my chin, I had to, I had to. And the whole time I'm itching, I had to. Now, she's sitting across from me getting her medicine at the time. And she's freaking out. She's calling the nurse and she's like, you guys need to check on him. Like, he's not. And now, at that time, I was the first, I was that nurse's first or previous patient. I guess it, like, scared her away because, like, I'm literally, like, I had a really bad reaction to it. Like, a really bad reaction to it. And I do that, you know, I get through that, everything's fine. Once the medicine starts kicking in, I'm okay. But for that first 30, 40 minutes, maybe an hour, it was, it was bad. It was bad. And then, I don't know if it was the next day or the day after that, I don't remember. But we go to the mall, me and my mom go to the mall, and she comes, my, my wife comes up to me, and she says, were you just in the infusion center. And I'm looking at her, I'm like, cause at the time, I didn't recognize her because um she had um her scarf and a hat and all of that it's on. don't you know, you'll come,
0: to, you'll come to therapy to be cute.
1: Yeah, she had <laughs> all she, of that she, on.
0: Her, she knew she was going to meet her husband there. So I think she would have combed her hair down, put it in a ponytail.
1: Yeah. And um she's like, were you in the infusion center? And I think because at the time, at the time, I had my glasses on. I had my headphones. And when she saw that, she saw that side of you with me. And that triggered her. It was like, oh, yeah, you, yeah, that was you. And then that was the start of that. You know, we started talking. We started talking about our infusions. And, you know, I found that she had MS, too. And then we started going to MS dinners. And it just we just clicked. And, you know, we just spent every day with each other. Every day talking to each other. And, you know, and here we are. Five years later.
0: Before. And I think that's a beautiful thing because in Bay's situation where a lot of men and women, witty battle MS, we often have partners that don't, they're familiar or they think that they understand what's going on, but they don't understand the severity. So if Bay says, Eva, I'm tired, she understands that this is not natural average fatigue, okay? Yeah. And she also knows that as a woman, that you as a man, you're not gonna stop when it's time for us to tell you stop because you don't stop and you're a black male, which you're more hard headed than the average male. I tend to believe you guys, you know, go through so much and you fight through these unmanageable battles that life throws at you just as a whole facing that and the male. So my other question is, as a male battling a chronic disease, as a male, you already have a heavy weight on your shoulder to be the provider, to be this. Usually when people want to see a male, they want this so serene, not broken, no flawed, I'm so tough. So how, as a male, do you deal with that? I know I have artic- articulated, I'm sorry, with the MS sometimes. Uh, how do you, as a male, handle that That vision of, I'm a man, I'm supposed to be the provider, I'm supposed to be this, I'm this, 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 this? How do you balance that to say that this is not, I need to stop, I need to slow down?
1: What I did for a very long time was I had a picture of when I was in the hospital as my screen saver, so that I would never forget. I would never forget so that I could realize no matter what I go through, no matter what happens, no matter what I do, I can humble myself and I can realize that if, I have a chance to complain, or I have a chance to fuss. Whatever, I got a chance to make it better because I'm not in that same situation that I was because I didn't know what life had in store for me then. When I was in therapy, I was like, "Oh, well, you're not going to walk this that, and again." I'm like, "You, I don't know who, I don't know who you think you're talking to." You know,
0: I heard <laughs> that from the doctor too. They told me one day that I wasn't going to walk, and I said, "Oh, that's funny because." I don't know who you've been talking to, but I'm going to go ask my God about it. When I get done talking to my God about it, I'm going to let him have the final decision, and I'll come back and notify you.
1: Yeah, so I always, like, keep that. I think after that, it really, like, helped me all about pride. Because you go through things, and they really, like, show you that the things that you think matter in life really don't matter.
0: No. I have a different definition of what wealth means to me. Wealth used to be money, clothes, cars. Uh, That wealth to me is to be able to wake up and to be able to connect with people who need this, who are going through that. I believe that was this is the one thing that I believe God put in my heart after battling it for 20 years, which I'm a very humble person. I normally don't even talk about that. I have MS or it just is what it is. It has been. But this was the part where I was like, okay, God. People need to see that these are there are people out there who are going through these that's battles the on an every day. And they need to know that somebody else out there has been there because you can feel so lost in these situations.
1: Yeah. So I think that's the biggest thing that helped me in dealing with this circumstance. I've been blessed. I mean, you know, I got people, people always call me all the time, and how you doing with your health? And I have people that I actually honestly care and check on me. I have people that actually honestly care and want to see me do good want to see me help you live and and i think that's a big factor when it comes to dealing with this support yeah dealing with this MS, and like i said my my lady she's been through a lot more than me when it comes to yes
0: i had the pleasure of doing an interview with her so ladies and gentlemen kings and queen you'll be able to catch out that podcast interview too she her name is eva and she is phenomenal sweet and she is also an MS warrior, but she also is a Puerto Rican MS warrior, which I hadn't heard of too many other Puerto Ricans and other people, other uh, cultures thriving with this battle. So when I heard it, I had to jump on it because to me, that was amazing. Not that Puerto Ricans wouldn't get it, but you don't hear of too many other culture, people, cultures with MS. Or they speak, or should I say you don't hear about it because they might not speak up about it. So I wanted to give her the chance. and It was a beautiful interview. Yes, she's a she yeah, she's 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 an
1: amazing person. She really yeah, amazing. you
0: hit you so, hit a hit a toll spot. God put your wife right there where you had to go search for her, get on the ground, you know. Right. It, <laughs> it was, like, was all, you know, and it was exactly what you needed because she knows what you need because she's going
1: through it too. She's went through it. way before. She went through way before, you know. So it's like, we both understand each other. We both know like, okay, you know, you got this going on. And like I said, I, I really haven't had too many things. I really haven't had nothing else happen to me ever since I go over the previous, I've been, I've been fine. That's you enough, know, been,
0: that's enough. Like I, when the doctors come in and they say, do you have any other medical conditions? And I'm like, hold on, I got MS, that's enough as a whole. Right yeah. there, that's all I need.
1: Absolutely. And you know, it just, goes go through it every day. You know, you got your day-to-day struggles. Every once in a while, you have a little brains farther your legs, messy sleep, or like your arms, whatever. Yes. But outside of that, no, it's been it's been great. It's been amazing.
0: Do you have any advice for my kids and queens listening?
1: Any oh, closing
0: you. factors or points that things that you want to know, especially to my male listeners who are battling this this crit, this this battle? They're thriving. They're thriving through it because men tend not to speak up. So, do you have any encouraging words? especially for them, because I don't get too many bids. So if you could give encouraging words
1: to them before I close this out. So men, for the most part, I, I would honestly say that you don't know how impactful your words and your time will be to someone else that'll really help someone else out who might be going through the same situation that you are. You know, because as men, we are prideful and we are quiet. We bottle up our emotions. We don't let our emotions out. But you never know how helpful it could be if you are dealing with this to talk to someone else who is dealing with it or not even dealing with it, but just to open up to someone about things. You'd be surprised how much how much of an impact it'll have on their life, even though they might not be going through MS, even though they might not have it. But to hear your story, to hear someone else listen to what you've been through, it might humble them and the things that they think are really an issue. They might realize, like, OK, shh, man, this what I'm going through is nothing. Probably what I thought
0: was bad. Here I am talking about my rent late and I got a hard and I got a flat tire and he's over here trying to figure out if he could see that, walk down the steps for the next day and have the strength to get up to go use the bathroom by himself and here I am running yeah. to the bathroom where we can't even run because we don't even have the balance.
1: Absolutely. So I think when all of that is said and done as men, if we open up and just talk about and express just the things we go through with this disease, you don't know how meaningful or how much that will impact someone else's life. Because listening to someone else's, not necessarily problems, but the things that they went through. That they thrive like, through. Yeah. And how they beat it. It'll open up to someone else and be like, maybe my issues, maybe my problems are not as big as I thought they were. You
0: exactly.
1: Know? And I appreciate that. Um,
0: Again, um, today, uh, the definition of one sick bee is... A strong individual that faces unimaginable, undeniable, courageous battles that life throws at them without warning, but refuses to carry the spirit of brokenness. In today's interview, I examined a life uh, filled with this chronic illness, but turned into a chronic blessing, a blessing, a blessing. For him to be a male, to come forward is just amazing. To have a whole shutdown of his whole body, to not know if he'll see tomorrow, but nobody holds your tomorrow but God. So I thank you, Bay, and I would love if you guys could follow me. Check me out at One Sick B Podcast on Facebook, One Sick B underscore Podcast on Instagram, on Spotify Podcast, One Sick B Stitcher Podcast, One Sick B, and soon. it will ITunes, and for everybody my kings and queens I thank you for listening to One Sick B Podcast and thank you babe for being my guest on One Sick B Podcast no problem
1: thank you for having me uh. Pretending to be okay, fighting in every way Everybody see you hurting, do nobody feel your pain You feel like you might not make it to go see another day Just keep fighting anyway, God got power to make change If you're in this predicament and you're listening God gives his hardest missions to the one he knows fit for it No matter about the reason and no matter about the innocent Just know that you'll be great and you'll keep fighting till you finish this And you ain't never finished